Hello and welcome to You Wear It Well. You wear it well. I'm Sophie Chirara and I'm joined by Michael Saw. Hello, hello. And Connor Allison. Hola. And this is the CS special brought to you from Shoreditch, East London. Not from Vegas. No. Unfortunately. Or maybe, I don't know. I'm quite happy to be here. <laughs> Would you like to be in Vegas, Connor? Mm, I've heard a lot of things. Um... I guess what have I you heard? What have you heard? Only bad. So <laughs> I guess I want to see for myself is it, if you know if it is all as bad as it seems. But you know. so I've spent three weeks of my life in Las Vegas because I've been yeah. CS three times, and I'd say the first two days were great. Mm. Really liked it, and then there were some standout moments for the rest of the other days. But you know, mainly it was just jet lag and not being able to walk anywhere. How um, how keen are you on a scale of one to ten to go to Vegas again? I mean, I would go, mm. but only if I was like absolutely forced. Like your job, like, like it would be your job, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like next year, mm. I'll just be like Zen Connor. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I love that recycled air. It's beautiful mm. stuff. It's great stuff. Great stuff. It's like everything's year. too big and everything's too horrible, and there's a lot of bad technology at the biggest technology show in the world, as well as some good stuff. A lot of robots. This year. People want the robots. Also, I don't want the robots, but some people want the robots. Also, too. a power outage this year, which... Shambles. Everyone, everyone wetting themselves over. Yeah. Um, oh my God, the so, power's out. It sounds CS. like we're really bitter. <laughs> it does, yeah. There, but I'm actually not. Yeah. So, Mike said in his op-ed that went up on wearable.com today that it was, in terms of wearable tech, it was evolution, not revolution. And there was an Alan Partridge scene to <laughs> illustrate it was an this. Alan Partridge scene. And I get about 10% of Alan Partridge <laughs> references. So, do you want to explain what that's all about? Well, first of all, mission accomplished that I managed to get Alan Partridge on mm. wearable. Maybe not the first, but. Um, Big moment, though. But it's, uh, it's in reference to a scene that everyone will know where Alan is uh, having a meeting with Tony Hares, mm. the uh, head of programming at BBC. And. Uh, he makes, uh, he makes a reference to an article that he was featured in and it talks about revolution, not evolution, which is obviously not what he was making reference to. Uh, it was actually evolution, not revolution. And that was kind of the starting point for a piece that I wrote on wearable. Um, I think it was a fair assessment kind of of what's happened over the last few days and since kind of the CS announcement started rolling in really. Is this your polite way of saying it's not the most exciting year for wearables at CES? No, I I, no, not necessarily. I mean, I think there's. I mean, we've we've covered a lot. We've co- covered a lot on on the site. But I think the, the thing for me is that we've covered a lot of different things. It's not like we've been writing about twelve different smartwatches no. or you know hundreds of fitness trackers. Mm. It's, it's been a bit more diverse, and it's not just been. I mean, and you've had got Sony and guys like LG have kind of kind of veered and kind of steer clear of kind of wearables but there have been big companies that have talked about stuff they're doing there's been kind of small startups there's been companies that are not involved in the tech space that are starting to do wearables and i think that's i think that's exciting and that's a reason to be excited about where wearables are going and like i say how it's evolving as a space and different things and kind of different wearables we're going to see in the future i think including you know this year so Mm. I think we do tend to see quite a lot of you know a lot more projects at CS maybe this year we saw some of those that we've you know kind of talked about in the past maybe it's you know Vuzix with their smart glasses you know maybe they were a bit more towards you know hey these are ready 
some of the Samsung C Labs kind of spin off things seemed to, you know a bit more ready than say last year. So yeah, I think Mike's probably fair to point out it's been one of those where we've seen it move along more than we have in the past, and also just, there hasn't been the same kind of smartwatch fitness trackers kind of emphasis. So at the end of the show, we're going to listen to Hugh Langley, our US editor, is going to do us a bit of a diary, mm. <laughs> CS diary. Hopefully it's going to be like emotional and hopefully so. be like completely broken, but he'll be <laughs> telling us about what he's seen this week. So he's been to see a lot of the, the cool stuff. He's out there with Paul and James. So we'll just run through now the kind of big news. So the big news, starting with the Garmin Forerunner 645 Music, mm, which yeah. we already knew about, right? Only in rumour form. Yeah, I think Gar- Garmin essentially leaked this themselves, you know, pre-CES. It was, uh, it was on their website, wasn't it? Were they? Yeah, I think we, 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 had a, we had an idea it was coming. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of Garmin kind of fans that will be kind of happy about this. I mean, it's, it's been one of those features that's, been asked for and kind of you know we get a lot of responses about it on on the site um about you know this is a great this is a great watch but you know i want to be able to play music and mm-hmm. finally garmin are offering that i mean whether they're offering it in the greatest way possible in comparison to what apple and what you know, fitbit are offering in terms of music storage and playback i'm not so sure mm. um but it's a step in the right direction and it means they're they're kind of you know playing catch up and kind of matching what its biggest rivals can offer really on this front. Yeah, I mean I'm not sure as you say it's not you know streaming. We don't know the full full details yet. But I think so. Yeah, just to clarify, it's 500 songs yeah. can be stored on the watch. That's okay. correct. And then yeah. there's you can download playlists from some streaming services. Do we know which? So this is the key. So this are. I think this is the key thing. Mm. So it's some streaming services. We know that one has been confirmed, which is iHeart. Uh, Radio, radio yeah uh, which I don't know how many iHeart radio <laughs> subscribers there are are out there and this is ultimately the problem because Samsung obviously got a big tie up with Spotify to offer the same feature for their wearables um, Apple obviously have Apple Music mm-hmm. um, Fitbit have Pandora Fitbit have Pandora and Deezer uh, outside of the US mm-hmm. so it's 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 good that it's offering it but ultimately I mean, I think the the feature here is is to be able to store the music as opposed mm. to the the streaming service support. Maybe it will improve, but uh, you know, unless it's got Spotify or something equivalent, mm. I think it's it's not going to be a f- fully formed feature the way that people maybe want it. But hopefully, it will, hopefully, it will improve and certain new services will get added to it. I yeah, think. I, th- I think it's something that Garmin uses. I think you know, as well, we've been asking for this for so long, and it's good. It's just also quite strange that. This wasn't on the Vivo Active Three, like it's yep. essentially the the same. So package. yeah, it's, it's the same just... sports tracking. And what features. was that three, four months ago that that was? I think you're right. I think people are going to be disappointed that they've kind of picked maybe picked up a Vivo Active Three for mm. Christmas or you know before that, and then this this watch comes out and it's yeah. got a feature that really should have been on there. Whether there's a there's the kind of capability to open that feature out, I don't know. I mean. Mm. You know, maybe that will become revi- revealed in you know over the coming months. But I hope, yeah, I'd be very disappointed if it yeah, if definitely. I did get buy one. So, so when's that available? Do we know? So it will be first part of twenty eighteen. So okay. we so it will be soon. Mm. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I think the key thing here is hopefully that feature will kind of 
start rolling out to other Garmin devices, that's that's the real yeah. hope, I think, yeah, from, from now on. For you us. kind of want that to be the standard, don't you? That it does kind of come with, you know, yeah, yeah. and it comes with pay and as well, Garmin pay. It, it does, does come so. with Garmin pay. So that's the second, obviously, after the Vivo Active 3, that's the second Garmin watch to get Garmin pay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, personally, I'd love to kind of see this stuff kind of run out, run out and sort of kind of forerunners and the high end mm. running watches. Whether that happens, I don't know. And they might leave those devices alone, but uh, and they might just focus on their smartwatch smartwatches. But hopefully, you know, hopefully they're it's something that they're going to be working on. I assume at least from now on, all the kind of Garmin what they see as smartwatches will come with Garmin Pay. Mm. I think yeah. that's what's likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, sticking with smartwatches, we can move on to Fossil Group. Mm which had a ton of smartwatches again, mm. as it always does. I think we're expecting Baselworld to be the big, big show for them, which mm. is in March. But we had, so we had Scargan's first Android Wear watch, the Folster, and Kate Spade's New York Scallop, which is another Android Wear watch. Mm. And then we had a ton of hybrids, basically. Um, most of these are different finishes and colours and... The, you know styles of the hybrids we've already seen from all their brands like Diesel, DKNY, Michael Kors, Armani Exchange. There were a couple of new ones. So the Misfit Path is kind of a smaller Misfit phase. Yeah. So that's Misfit's latest hybrid. Um, we kind of still treat them a bit separately, don't we? Because they're yeah. the kind of techiest mm. of the fossil brands. Um, and there are a few kind of Fossil Q Annette, Fossil Q Machine. There's also um, a new Michael Kors Access Scout for men. The Kate Spade hybrid that me and Connor saw ages ago as a mm-hmm. name. It's now the Monterey. So a lot, yeah, a lot of this stuff we've ever seen before in different colours. Or you know, now it's on sale, or it's going on sale in January. It's got prices. There's some new straps for the Tory Burch watches. So they're very much treating their, particularly the hybrid lineup, as like a fashion collection. Like mm-hmm. this is the spring 2018 yeah. collection. These are the styles. These are the prices. Um, the prices went down last year as well, so they're kind of sticking with kind of lower prices aside from the Android Wear, which they feel you know they can charge more for. Mm. Um, there's no new Android Wear features, as far as I could see. The Kate Spade has kind of a little branded app where on the Michael Cords, so this is going after like the fashion crowds. So on the Michael Cords, you can like customize the watch face, and on the Kate Spade, it will ask you questions about what you're wearing, and then give you a watch face it thinks will suit that which is kind of nice so fashion people will probably like that yeah I think as you mentioned Basel World will probably represent the even more watches I think crucially maybe some more features added to um, you know the Android Wear uh, and Android Pay yeah (laughs) Android Pay is the the big one that I think you would hope would come in 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 March and yeah, hopefully that comes to a new line of those. But Connor will be in Basel to like. I will. I'll be uh, punch up some fossil people head, if he doesn't my, get what he my wants. My head will be spinning. Like, uh, yeah. What? No <laughs> Android Pay? <laughs> you got me again, fossil. Let's get someone in a headlock. Yeah. Like you're all wearing your fancy suits because it's Basel. Mm. Mm. Okay, so do we have any other kind of smartwatch stuff? It was mainly kind of non-smartwatch news, wasn't it? Uh, we did have some Casio stuff, which oh, I think Casio, is yeah. worth kind of highlighting. I think. Mm. Casio's been quite an interesting one because obviously they've had their kind of two generations or you know their outdoor kind of Android Wear smartwatch, which you know we've kind of liked aspects of it. I think it they, it's kind of provided a kind of fresh kind of take on Android Wear. Mm. But the two watches they've launched or announced and unveiled uh, CES are kind of more the hybrid kind of hybrid watches, which you know 
Cassia, quite interesting the way they've kind of spoken about hybrid watches. Well, I think in the past it's been about you know making a really nice watch and letting you change the time zones, mm. you know, and that's about as smart as it really got. But with these watches, we're getting the kind of features we've seen on their smart watches. So like GPS. Interestingly, they're they're offering um, solar power in one of their watches. So there's a better balance in terms of those smart features and actual design. And I think that's I think that's that's quite exciting because you know Casio are a huge brand. I think they they have been playing in this kind of space, but never really committing to doing hybrid watches. So this is their first kind of you know moves into that space. And I think they're going to be doing more. I think we will see more. You know over know over the year mm. um but yeah the, they look nice i mean we, uh, the guys over in vegas have seen them and uh, it's cassio and you know, ca- you know it's massive cassio fans a massive following and i, I think it's only gonna be a good thing for smartwatches in general yeah i think the only thing i would request from cassio is they you know, come up with better names for their watches in the future you know like feel like they basically just get as many capital letters as they can along with you know 1000 in there but you know that's okay what, that's the only thing i've got really on casio but the solar powered stuff is very cool yeah um, that's, that's very the first cool. kind of example i can really see from a major watch brand that's been you know it's not that bit like it's essentially just keeping it on in the background and then if, as far as gps goes it's giving you an extra hour as long as you're keeping it in you know, daylight um but just to see that come to you know, a hybrid smartwatch is exciting. Yeah, because we've seen kind of solar power, body heat, yeah. you know, kinetic. We've seen all these kind of universities trying stuff or startups mm. trying stuff, but this is this is different. This is like Casio, and this mm. will will probably sell quite well because mm. it is a hybrid and it's not that like completely different watch to what yeah. Casio fans will be used to. Hybrid still with that digital kind of digital space. display, yeah. 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 Okay, so I just want to give a quick shout out to Blocks, Blocks. <laughs> who I'm ashamed to say I abandoned somewhat in my mm. yeah you did hyping and hoping for what it would be, and it's kind of like Sod's Law. I feel like they, you know, like magically I'm just gonna forget Magic Leap exists, mm. and then bam, you know it'll be launched and I'll be able to try it. Yeah. But it's it's Blocks has been one of those startups. It's a London startup making a modular smartwatch, which uh, we've been writing about for years. I I went to see them. God, I don't know, two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so they were a Kickstarter campaign. They raised over $1 million and they are apparently now chipping to backers and you can now buy one if you want one. And so that's amazing news. It has changed slightly. They announced lots of modules last year and there's kind of a smaller amount available this year, like GPS, LED flashlight, extra battery, stuff like that. Probably the most useful ones mm. for the most people. It's running on Android 8.0 now, um, when originally it had its kind of own um, custom OS based on Chronologix, which is now actually owned by Google. So that probably explains that change. But yeah, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Blocks because it must be so difficult to be in their position and have so much media attention at the start, and then obviously it's taken them years to actually get this. And this now, watch out. Sophie's going to buy one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Two <laughs> maybe. <laughs> How many <laughs> modules? How many, I'm going to buy all the modules. Which modules? Are you, which modules are you most excited about? Well, the extra battery is cool. We were just talking about charging. Yeah. Mm. Um, they're looking at a bone conduction speaker one, which would be pretty cool. Not a flashlight doesn't um, appeal to you. No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Blocks is a little bit before my wearable, right. wearable time. Um, but the idea of 
you know, the whole modular concept to me is fascinating. You can see why I was so into it, I can, right? like I, I said this to you so earlier excited. today, I can see... Young you, Sophie. Yeah, why young Sophie got so less, invested in, in blocks. Um, yeah, and I guess now it's just a case of blocks delivering. It, there's been enough written about it and, you know... Yeah. And I think it, There's been some angry, yeah. angry backers as yeah, well from the looks of their angry, Kickstarter yeah. campaign. Um, because obviously they, they kind of parted with their money a long mm. time ago to make it a reality. So elsewhere, we've got the HTC Vive Pro, mm. which I think Hugh will talk about in more detail because he's actually tried it. It's 3K resolution is the headline. There's a wireless adapter, which we've actually seen before, um, and kind of better audio and 3D spatial audio. So yeah, Hugh's tried that, so we'll leave that to him to describe. Do we want to just go around and just point out anything else that we thought was cool this year? Yeah, I, I, I wrote about this yesterday, the Philips uh, Smart Sleep uh, kind of headband, while looking terrible, um, looks mental, I'm not sure who's going to wear it to bed. It is actually quite cool and something we've seen from a style called Rhythm before. Um, ah, the Rhythm Dream, the rhythm right? Rhythm Dream, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this essentially kind of works by gauging when you're in deep sleep and then filtering in kind of white noise to help you stay in deep sleep for longer. Um, so it's an interesting concept. They say that it improves people who have sleeping problems. You know, 70% of people that they tried it on know an improvement. I think, you know, the sleep stuff generally is quite interesting. And Again, this is Philips, not some random exactly, startup. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think this releases later this year. Um, and just kind of how it performs really um, but yeah I thought that was pretty interesting despite as I say kind of looking like someone's put a nappy on their head and stuff it's, uh, it's cut some holes yeah cut out some holes there. okay it's, I need to go find this yeah now to have a look it's strong <laughs> strong look mm. Mike anything else um, so I think obviously there's, I did think there was a lot of kind of interesting things out there but I kind of looked at it from a point of view of you know what would I actually say? You know I'd buy that. I would actually want to buy that. And uh, I think the most interesting thing for me was from Aspire, who we know who've kind of made wearables before around stress tracking. Uh, they introduced their kind of health tags late last year, uh, and they announced a partnership with Swim Outlet and Swim.com to basically create smart swimsuits. So basically they're. F- designed for men and women the idea is that these tags live inside uh, are, are kind of integrated and kind of bonded inside to the swimsuits and basically track your swimming like you put it on go out go swimming and then the data's kind of synced through spy's app and swim.com's app uh, and all your data kind of lives there and i just think it's a really kind of simple idea taking some technology that kind of can be used discreetly for tracking and you know it makes sense it's a it's a nice way to combine that tracking and the kind of smart kind of and creating smart garments smart clothing i think it's a really good idea they're going to launch uh in the spring and um i just think it's a really good idea and I, it's the one one i've looked at i think that's really really good and actually you know i would probably buy that um i think yeah i think it's just one of the kind of standout ideas from ces Cool. I just wanted to pick up on two things that I'm sure Hugh will talk about, but it was, so not, not things I would wear actually at all because they're not <laughs> aimed at me, but it's the, the kind of Samsung C-Labs Relumino glasses and then Braggy's Project Ears. So both these kind of fall under our saves the day of helping people who need them, you know, kind of building tech specifically for mm. people with, you know, these needs. 
So let's listen to Hugh, who's been at CES all week in Las Vegas. Hello, this is Hugh Langley, US editor at Wearable, coming at you live this week from Las Vegas, where CES, the world's biggest tech show, is currently taking place. And it's been a pretty interesting week. There's There's been laughter, there's been tears. There was a blackout, not the type that usually happens in Vegas. And there were some pole dancing robots, so actually just pretty much another normal CES. In terms of themes this year, smart assistants were absolutely everywhere. Last year, uh, Amazon's Alexa was very much the star of the show, and I think this year Google's gone very hard to fight back, and it was very much a battleground of Alexa and Google Assistant. Other themes, I think virtual and augmented reality have been pretty massive this year, and what I like about it actually this year is that it wasn't just so much concepts or accessories, but we actually got new headsets. So HTC launched the HTC Vive Pro, which ups the resolution on the existing Vive, uh, and they also uh, announced the wireless tracker, which uses the Intel Wi-Gig technology that will let you take the headset totally free from cables, and that actually might be even more exciting than the resolution bump up. But we also got a new headset from Lenovo, which is the first standalone Daydream headset. Now, Daydream is Google's virtual reality platform that until now has been just on for use on select uh, smartphones that you can pair with the Daydream headset. But with Lenovo's, you're going to be able to just uh, move around with the headset and not have to worry about plugging it into a PC or putting a smartphone in it, everything, it's a, it's a totally standalone all-in-one. And that that's interesting as well because Oculus is launching its own uh, later this year, the Oculus Go. So two big virtual reality headset announcements. We've all seen some, quite a lot of stuff in augmented reality. I think I think Vuzix really stole the headlines at the show. Vuzix has been uh, a, a player in the augmented reality space for a long, long time, back since the 90s, building augmented reality for enterprise. And at uh, CES, it, it brought a, a new pair of glasses that's called the Vuzix Blade. And, and these are a more consumer-focused pair of glasses that, that, that do augmented reality. And when I say augmented reality in this respect, it's more like heads-up display augmented reality rather than uh, the mixed reality you'd get with something like, say, Magic Leap. I tried them at the show. I, they're very similar to ones I tried last year, actually, but that Vuzix has added in Alexa integration now as well, among a few other things. I think they're really impressive because, I mean, I try a lot of augmented reality uh, d- demos at these shows, and, and it's always quite disappointing, but I think Vuzix has really got it down. Obviously, it's been in the game a long time. Um, I'm not convinced that this is going to be a product everyone's going to rush out and buy. They're going to be very expensive, for one thing. And they don't still look amazing. They're fine. They're kind of chunky. But it's interesting that Vuzix is sort of transitioning to consumer, whereas in the past, uh, traditionally been just an enterprise company. But the fact they put Alexa in it meant uh, Vuzix grabbed a lot more headlines this year. In terms of other stuff, uh, smartwatches were there again in a very big way. And of course, Fossil once again took the opportunity to launch a bunch of new watches at the show. We got the Misfit Path which is uh, Misfit's new hybrid, it's smallest yet, uh, 36 millimeters. Very elegant, uh, very nice, looks a, looks a bit like the Misfit Phase, which was the uh, hybrid it launched last year. A little more stripped down though, um, really nice hybrid. We also got um, Scargan's first Android Wear 
what Skagen's done a couple of hybrids with uh, the Fossil before, but this is its first full-screen Android Wear watch, which is, it's nice, it's not the best looking of, of Fossil's bunch, but, but, but we like it. And then there's Kate Spade, which also brought um, new Android Wear watches in the form of the Scallop smartwatch. So some nice new watches from Fossil there, nothing massively exciting but a few really nice uh, new timepieces and then we also had Garmin at the show who was there to show off two new devices uh, the first being the Forerunner 645 Music. This is essentially a, a replacement to the Forerunner 235 but as the name would suggest uh, Garmin's finally added support for music. Now that's that's quite a b- big deal because it's, we felt like it's something Garmin's watches have been lacking for a while now and, and something that a lot of competitors have added. It was most notable for me in the Vivo Active 3 where Garmin had added Garmin Pay. So it was like, oh great, you can go out and you know, you've been on your run and you can go and pay for something. You don't need to get your wallet or your phone out. Well, like, well, fine, but I still need to take my phone with me to listen to music. And on my phone I have Android Pay or, or, or Apple Pay. But now with the addition of music storage, it really feels like a standalone watch. And wearables James Stables took it for a run uh, and came away pretty impressed with it. There was also the Garmin Vivo Fit 4. Now the Vivo Fit 4 is maybe not as exciting, but this is uh, an update to Garmin's fitness tracker and probably one that's going to sell pretty well. Uh, the top line feature being that it has a battery life of a year, which is obviously very good. And this brings me to the other kind of big theme of the show for me, which is health tech and health tech that's moving from the nice kind of day-to-day f- basic fitness tracking to actually some very interesting meaningful applications i think for me one of the biggest ones was braggy braggy came to the show not to announce a new device this time but to announce a, a kind of project it's, it's working on called project ears now project ears is about using the braggy dash uh, to actually enhance people's hearing obviously this is going to be for people who with hearing related issues it's quite an interesting move for Braggy to make. It's not saying yet whether it is or isn't going to actually manifest in a d- device or a, or a software update to the existing Braggy. It seems to be hinting that it will be actually appearing in some kind of device later this year. And Braggy's teamed up with Mimi Hearing Technologies to create a personal sound amplification device um, that it's going to be seeking FDA approval for. And partly what's driving this is that uh, a piece of legislation that was passed in the states last year called the over the counter hearing aid act which is currently being um, worked over by the fda on how they're going to exactly regulate it but what it means is that hearing aids which until now have been something you'd have to be given by a medical professional will be able to be sold in stores over the counters as its name would suggest and it's this is interesting for us because it means hearables are going to really explode at this point we think as companies like braggy are able to market these devices as hearing aids as well as doing all the other smart things like personal assistance and and, and health tracking so that's what really seems to be what braggy is taking advantage of here there could be other uh, applications of this as well one thing that they've particularly pointed out is tackling tinnitus um, but there are other potential ways that uh, Braggy could be using these hearing enhancements, not you know beyond health in the future. But I think the health application is really interesting. <clears throat> and I said it's a theme because at CS there were a few examples of this of of technology that that really feels like it's a ready to make a, a meaningful impact on health. Another example is the Omron smartwatch. 
Now, Omron is a company that builds blood pressure monitors. You may well have heard of them before. But what they've done is they've made what appears to be the first ever smartwatch that can accurately take blood pressure readings. If you've ever gone to the doctor to have your blood pressure done, you know that you have to have a cuff wrapped around your arm that inflates. And that's actually what the watch does. It's got a kind of tie, it's very small inflating ring on the inside of the strap. And that will take readings throughout the day and also while you sleep. But it's also a smartwatch uh, that does smartwatch things like notifications and, and some very basic fitness tracking stuff. But it looks like a watch. And that's what's really cool about this. It's obviously very discreet. It means you don't have to take, if you want to take a reading, you don't have to you know, whip out a, a big device. You'll just have it done discreetly on your wrist. Now, the Omron's currently in the FDA approval process, but once it's done, and it believes it should be done sort of around fall uh, this year, it'll be able to start selling this on the market. And I think that generally is quite a big deal, and it fits in with a, a theme I spotted this year, which is wearable tech for people who really need it. Another great example, I thought, and this is one that's maybe a couple years off, but Samsung uh, C-Labs spin-off was showing off a pair of glasses called the Relumino glasses. And these are about helping people with visual impairments. So uh, I went along and, and uh, you know, my eyesight's good. So they what they did is they handed me a pair of glasses that were like fogged up. And the idea was it was meant to uh, replicate what it's like to have cataracts. So I put on the glasses and then they put a Gear VR headset on top of me and it was using the Pass 2 camera on the phone and I could I went from having this very blurred vision, uh, barely work people out, to the, the, it passes through the software that creates an outline around objects and suddenly you can see things, uh, you know, not perfectly clear but it's it's like you're sort of looking at a cartoon and you, but the point is you, you can work out where, you know, things start and end. And then Samsung took that off and, and they gave me instead a pair of glasses that did the same. The glasses are quite big and chunky, but the point is that this software, Samsung wants to get it into a glasses form factor. Now, they think it's going to be a couple of years before that'll happen, but when it does, it, it should be able to help people with a whole range of visual impairments from cataracts to glaucoma, all, all sorts. Uh, and that was, again, I think that was really exciting. Like that, that I tried it on. It honestly was one of the best things I saw at the show really blew me away and again just you know really it's wearable tech for people who it's going to have a you know a huge impact on people's lives if, if something like this can get off the ground and finally just a shout out to a couple of the other things i thought were particularly interesting at the show this year firstly l'oreal was there showing off its new uv sensor and which comes in the form of a very tiny little circle that you can uh, stick onto a, a fingernail um, or anything else you want really and it will tell you how much sun damage you're taking it's quite a cool idea uh, L'Oreal's done this previously with a with a skin patch and the idea is it was showing off that it could actually get into something even smaller a device that you could uh, would never need to be charged and would basically last pretty much for for, for, for years it's really cool I, I, I went to see it and I haven't been able to actually try it and test it its accuracy at all but i think the idea is really cool uh laurie is actually going to sell these uh, on the market it I, it's a, it might seem like a strange move for l'oreal to make and I, I did kind of think well is this just the the kind of amazon model of well we we, we tell you how much sun damage you're taking so you buy l'oreal uh, sun protection and that's probably the case but i still think it's a really uh, interesting piece of technology and was actually one of what one of my tops for uh, things i saw at the show 
The other one is uh, Nokia, which was their, for sure, this new Nokia sleep pad. This is a sleep tracker you uh, put under the mattress and it will track your heart rate and, and movement and snoring and tell you in the morning how well you did or did not sleep. And this also replaces the Withings Aura, which was also a pad you put under the mattress, but it had a pod as well on the side of your bed, so it gets rid of you know that part of it. And I thought that was another interesting product from the show, maybe just a reflection of the fact I'd had no sleep myself, but uh, I'm nonetheless interested to try it out. So yeah, that's that's CES in a nutshell. Obviously, there was plenty more, and you can go onto the site to read about all the other stuff. But I think for me this year, the big themes were deep health, virtual and augmented reality. Those two were, were really at the fore for us this year. So yeah, another exciting show. Till next year then. Okay, that's it from us. We have one big kind of CES roundup on the site, so probably head to that first if you want um, an overview of what's been going on. We also have lots of hands-ons and interviews and good stuff that's still going up. The guys are still out there. There's been a lot of smart home stuff at CES, which we haven't really talked about, but if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that we have just launched a site called The Ambient. So it's the-ambient.com. So check that out for all the kind of Google Assistant Alexa news. Thanks, Mike. No worries. Thanks, Connor. Always a pleasure. Um, I'd just like to remind the listeners to keep wearing it well. <laughs> that's that's Russell. That'd be false. That's number one. It's going well. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs>